Welcome everyone to Dardashat in Aramaic. It's like an open talk show with friends from all over the globe. And this is just to connect the body of Christ together. So welcome everyone to another episode. And we have with us today someone so special. And I want to introduce you to him. His name is Mitchell Belfast. And we're going to do Dardashat with him. And I will be asking him questions and about his ministry and his family and his testimony. And we will enjoy it together. Welcome, Mitch. Hey, good to see you. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, what a privilege it is to connect with you again. And, and we can encourage one another and hopefully uh, our listeners, that they can get used to my accent, uh, can uh, enjoy the fellowship that we have together. So from your accent, where are you from, Mitch? Okay, I'm, I'm from Belfast, if someone hasn't figured that out. And um, in Northern Ireland, I'm 48 years of age. So little thing about the name, Andre, not a lot of people uh, know this. And uh, it's a common uh, little mistake that you made. Um, my name is actually Keith Mitchell. Uh, but what happened was all, everyone knows me by, by my nickname, Mitch. So whenever social media started and really took off, like maybe 14, 15 years ago, I put my proper name into Facebook and no one would be my friend because they didn't know my, my name. So I thought, right, okay, I'll just call myself by my nickname, Mitch. And of course you have to put in a surname. So I thought I'll just put in like the city that I live in, Belfast, not knowing that like social media would take off. So it's not uncommon. I get introduced to churches and all kinds of places and people say, let's welcome Mitch Belfast. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, I knew. I know you all the time by the name Mitch. I never knew that your name was Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, not many. Do. I mean, even my, my when my book came out, Andre, um, the, the publisher IVP said, we have to put your full name on the front. I said, the problem is people aren't going to buy it because they, they don't know who I am. So they actually did put Mitch uh, on the front. But so quick introduction. Um, I'm 48. I'm married to Amanda. We've got two children, Noah, who's uh, 16 years of age, and Megan, who's 13. Um, and we love our city and we love our island of Ireland. And we are, are passionate to uh, encourage the body of Christ to go out into the mission of God and share the good news. You know, it's made such a difference in my life. So, hey, we can't keep this thing a secret. It's it's joy, it's hope, it's peace, and it's everlasting. So that's what we do. Great. So share with us about your testimony first. How did you come to have a personal relationship with the Lord? Okay, thank you. Well, I grew up in, in Belfast, born in 1973. For some who, uh, I guess many of you will know of Belfast as a city that was divided in troubles. Um, and there was 40 years of troubles in Northern Ireland over those, uh, over those troubles. That, that's what we, it became known as the troubles. There was one in every 500 people lost their lives. One in every 50 people were seriously injured. Uh, the, the, the conflict was not a, a conflict of religion. People often uh, think it's a Protestant Catholic thing. It, it wasn't. It was a conflict about land. And most conflicts are about land and nationality. They just try to bring God into it to try and get like God on their side where God is not interested. He's not a God of war. He's a God of love. Uh, but I grew up in, in the height of that. I, li I lived on the Protestant side of the community. That's what my parents' background. So 
your identity then, Andre, was very much like you went to church because it gives you your identity. So my parents were Presbyterian, but but they weren't Christian, but you you had to go. Uh, you had to go through like, you know, Sunday school. Uh, but I'm so thankful that I did have good teachers that prayed for me and taught me little uh, Bible verses and, and little songs. Jesus loves me. This I know, you know, for the Bible tells me. So I'm so thankful that around the world we have faithful teachers are still teaching children those uh, life lessons. Uh, my dad died when I was uh, 13 years of age and my mom was left to look after three teenage boys. I was the youngest. And so I made lots of bad choices in my teenage years. I didn't, I didn't really check in the church at all over that period of time, unless there was some agenda. Maybe uh, they were giving out free cheeseburgers at a youth event or uh, a girl or whatever it might be. So I wasn't really connected in the church. Um, at 19, I was unemployed, uh, but I was very happy. I had good friends, a girlfriend, uh, I was very happy, but I knew my life was not complete. I knew there was something missing. You can be happy, but incomplete. Um, my brother was a Christian, and he was actually playing uh, professional football over in England. Um, and he came home to play for a local team and was giving his testimony at a local church. And I went to hear his testimony, and a guy called Roger Carswell, many people in the UK will know him, of him as an evangelist, and he was speaking that night. I took a little booklet called A Journey Into Life uh, by a guy called Norman Warren. That little booklet is millions of them have been distributed around the world. And I took that booklet in the quietness of my own room that night. I read it. I, I, I understood, you know, the mechanics of the gospel. I'd heard it as a child, and I knew this was an important decision I needed to make. And so at 19 years of age, I prayed a prayer and said, Jesus, I just, I, I need you to fix this. You know, I'm sorry. I've got it wrong. I've trying to do it my way. I need you to come in and, and make, make my, my life complete. And, and he did, you know, and uh, you know, the Bible teaches Andre, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved. And, and I believed in my heart, but I believe that the next day, 48 hours, as I started to tell people, it's a very significant moment. It feels like you belong to something. You've stepped across the line. You know, when you make that declaration that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And, and so it was. It became very natural for me just to share this great news with others. And, and so that's, that's, what, uh, that's what I've been doing ever since 19. I'm 48 now. Uh, I got a job as a fitness instructor, then a, a firefighter in the Northern Ireland Fire Department. I was a firefighter for 16 years. And during that time, we started a ministry called Crown Jesus. And our vision is to reach the whole island with the gospel. And it got busy. And, and, and as it grew as a ministry, then there's a time when all of us, if we've got a calling in our life, has to sharpen the tip of the arrow. And you've got to set other things down to keep the main thing, the main thing. And so I stepped into full-time ministry uh, about 10 years ago. Um, and so thankful to the Lord for all that he's doing with us and our, and our team. So... Yeah, that's, that's my journey kind of summed up. So Mitch, I can see the passion on your heart. I can see the evangelist inside you. And can you tell us about uh, more about your ministry, Crown Jesus, what you do? Especially you have been in full-time ministry for this long time of years. So what are the main projects and what you do in, uh, in general in, in your ministry? Sure. So it's a good question. Well, we do evangelism, uh, and we believe that um, evangelism is uh, 
is not just like one way. It's communicating the good news of Jesus. And there's many ways that we can do that. And generally evangelists are very creative and, and we're thankful that we've got a, a creative team. So we currently have 15 staff um, in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And that evangelism covers uh, puppet ministry in the primary schools. Uh, obviously, a lot of that is digital now because of the result of the pandemic. Our youth events uh, in schools, or we would go in and, and run in a secondary school, like we would run um, music classes, RE classes, physical education classes, drama classes, and then lunchtime specials where we share testimony and then invite the young people to like a big event on a Friday night. And we're, we would see like as much as 60 and 70% of the school would come to those events on a 21% response. So, you know, we thank the Lord for that. And we work with the local churches. So we are not a ministry that's just interested in seeing like a hand going up at a meeting and putting it in a, a newsletter. We're, we, we're passionate about making disciples who, who will make disciples. Um, so that's our youth program. And then on an adult basis, of our evangelism. We do a lot of evangelism training. We believe that the work of an evangelist is not only reaching the lost, but equipping the whole church into the mission of God. So we, we, we do that. Uh, we will be on the street doing evangelism. Last week, was seven people came to faith on, on the street. Just on Monday last week, we're running an alpha course on Tuesday nights at the moment. We have a drop-in center um, that is specifically for people who have got like drug addiction or homelessness and stuff. So we connect with Teen Challenge. Even in the last three months, we put three people into the rehab center over in, in England. Um, we then have a healing clinic that we run Thursday nights oh. or at a worship event. So if there's a way to do evangelism, Andre, we probably do it or give it a go. Um, but we're trying to not only like be frontline in evangelism, but trying to mobilize the church, encourage the church um, it's so important that all of us, everyone is not an evangelist, but all of us have got a part to play in the mission of God. We can't do it on our own. We need everybody, the whole family of God, just working together to share this great news. Yes, that's great because it's all about the connections. It's all about what God put on our hearts. Each one has a role and it's like we connect all together. Great to hear that. So you have 15 staff. That's amazing. That's uh, that's a big ministry. So I know that you are an author and you are a writer. Can you tell me more about your book, the name of the book, and where, where people can find the book? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I, I wrote the book just before I finished working in the Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service. And the heart behind it was um, to, to write a book that, uh, that men would read, because men are generally not good readers. And I thought, it's got to be short uh, snappy chapters that it's got to have some humor and nostalgia but thought provoking that brings them on a journey so i think the first the first chapter the intention is to say like there's something wrong with me and the second chapter is it's not just me like everybody's broken and need fixed and then by the fifth chapter you start to introduce the whole idea of jesus and the implications of his death burial and resurrection so it, I, I, it served well. I, I have in my heart, Andre, to write another two books. I just haven't had the, the time to do that. I also then would do a lot of stuff with uh, broadcasts on radio, television, um, and also then write. Like I've got to write a little report for UCB this afternoon. UCB will go into their notes. So, 
So I, I, if it's a way that gets the gospel out, uh, I'm on it, you know? I see that. So where we can find the book? What platform? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the book is called Snatch from the Fire. It's published by IVP. So if you were to uh, go to IVP or Spec, uh, who, who bought over IVP, you would get the book on their, uh, their publishing list. But you also get it on Amazon. Um, if you just Google Mitch Snatched from the Fire, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll find the book. Great. And I love the picture behind you. And tell us this story about this picture. Well, a few years ago, uh, Andre, I had been praying, Lord, I would love to go to Israel. My brother had been there and, um, and then an opportunity opened up, a, a ministry that we partner with, again, that keyword of partnerships uh, called Young Life. Uh, Young Life, we're checking uh, a team to Israel and they, as a ministry partner here in Belfast, they said, hey, we would love you to come just be part of our journey of what we're doing, connect with Young Life and enjoy the experience. So, um, so I went a couple of years ago, I met you and Twins Tours, and I had such an outstanding experience. So, um, you know, there's many highlights, but one was in, uh, in Magdala, um, and right behind me, there's a, like a synagogue that they have that was you know, it's very similar. To, I believe, if you keep me right, Andre, but I believe this uh, potentially the flooring would have been like the very floor of, of, a, of a synagogue in Jesus' time. And he may well and probably did speak there because it is so close to uh, the Galilee. So it was really surreal. We just sat in there and worshipped and prayed together. And this picture uh, in, the, in the background of, of the woman touching the hem of Jesus' garment, you just see the, 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 the moment. And that really like stood out for me. I came home and actually... Uh, I, I preached uh, two or three times on that very text and it, it left a real dynamic impact on the people that, that were listening to it. But it started there. I was inspired just being in there and that, that picture really put me on a, on a, on a journey with, uh, with Jesus. And um, so, yeah, that was my standout from, from being in Israel, but there were many standouts, but that was one. So I remember that trip uh, very vividly. It's like three years ago, and there were almost 200 people visiting from all over Europe and was hosted by Twin Stores, and we went all over the country. So I know that there are so many places that you visited, and uh, are you thinking to come back? What do you think? What's your future plans? And what yeah, is your well, next adventure? Yeah. Well, you know, when I came home, I, uh, I, I wasn't long in the door. And I said to, to my wife and kids, I said, I've got some bad news. I've got some good news. The bad news is, you know, remember I told you we'd, we'd go to Disney sometime when you're teenagers. We're, we're not going to go to Disney in Florida. Uh, but the good news is we're going to go to Israel because the life experience you get, if you have a choice of, between those, like it, it's night and day, there is nothing like, uh, Israel and and walking in the footsteps of Jesus, you learn so much. And uh, it, uh, some people say it makes the Bible come alive. It didn't make the Bible come alive to me. The Bible was al already alive for me. But but God speaks to us in many different ways. God speaks to us through nature. He speaks to us through others. I mean, he, his ultimate authority is is the Word of God, and that's our ultimate authority in life and practice. But He speaks to us in so many ways. And when you position yourself. 
um, with others as, as our trip was, and you learn from others and you position yourself in, in Galilee. And, uh, and I remember being on the boat, like, and you guys played that song, Oceans. <laughs> I was just weeping on the boat. God speaking through the music and, and through all your senses, you know, he touches all your senses. So the, 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 the short, the long answer to that is, you know, the kids then got excited about that. And um, we hope to go this year. So we're, uh, we're, we've been saving hard. We hope we'll be able to get enough this year to come across. And that's not just a matter of marrying up the kids' school timetable, because uh, my son has his, his GCSE exams this year. So it's just marrying them up with, uh, with your uh, availability with Twin Tours. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, by September, we, we'll be out with you guys again. That's great. Tell us about your kids, how, what, how old they are. Yeah, so uh, Noah is 16, Megan is 13, and they, they love Jesus. We're really, really thankful for two great kids. You know, a, a, a nice little story, Andre. When we went into the lockdown in March, like two years ago, Noah could maybe play uh, two or three chords of a guitar. We had a very old guitar at home, secondhand. I can't play at all. But in, he started playing because obviously school was closed, and he started playing. And inside three months, he was leading worship in the house and he was writing worship songs and um, he needed and then he needed a guitar and i didn't even know what to get so i contacted a few friends aaron boyd who wrote god of this city at uh, robin mark some of you might know him he wrote days of elijah jesus all for jesus a couple of other friends and just said hey like what should i what should i get noah how much should i spend so uh robin mark got back and said hey you can have my old guitar so noah is now like playing the guitar that Robin Mark wrote, like Days of Elijah, Jesus Offer Jesus, and our church is Robin's church. So Noah is back. He's now leading worship in our church with the team. So sometimes he's on the stage, like with a guitar. That So just a lovely story of how God has been, even in all the brokenness of this pandemic, there are so many stories of God saying, hey, I have not left you alone. Yes, actually, with the pandemic, uh, many people were, if you have a calling in your life, nothing will stop you, even like anywhere you go, because it's God's plan on earth for calling. For example, at Twin Tours, for two years, there was no single tourist in the country, but we were able to do a lot of teachings on, uh, on our platform. And we were able to do a lot of uh, online classes. And tell us about what did you do these last two years in short? Sure. So whenever, whenever the, the pandemic hit, we were actually in a moral dilemma right at the start because we had a youth event booked on the Friday night. I think it was the 16th of March. Uh, we had 800 young people expected. Now, the, the official lockdown didn't happen in the UK and Ireland until the Monday. But on the Friday, we we're looking at it already across Europe. It was it was hitting people hard. So we were like, right, do we run this event or, or do we not? So we, we canceled it at 7.30 in the morning when the trucks were already loaded up with the stage and sound and lighting. And on then, like inside three weeks, we canceled 252 events. Um, that was like in some of those were small, like a breakfast meeting, some of them in a school. But that was a lot of money and a lot of work that was kind of gone. So at, right then you go, right, what can we do? And, and so we really took the task on um, 
the digital online like many people did. But some, one of the celebrations, like the year before, our School of Evangelism had uh, 46 students, 23 weeks in our center in Belfast. So we just thought, well, let's take 10 weeks and put it online for free on a Zoom call. So this was in April, just after the, you know, six weeks after the pandemic started. So we had 300 people join the School of Evangelism on the Zoom. So, and they came from everywhere, all around Europe, even the US. And then since then, like we have run smaller online training courses. We, we have trained more people in evangelism in the last nine months than we have in the last 20 years. So, so it's been really fruitful. We've built great relationships and connections with people across the island of Ireland and all of the counties. And I would really encourage, you know, your friends who are listening into this, keep praying for Ireland. You know, people forget this. Ireland is the most unevangelized English-speaking nation in the world. It is only 3% evangelical. Uh, so, so there is a great mission here. And in the north of Ireland, where I live, we probably have more churches per square foot than, than any English-speaking nation in the world. So you can see the tactic of the devil during these troubles. But now we're living in a, a time of relative peace. There is so much opportunity. Um, and so not just in a digital way, but as we come out of this pandemic in a physical way that we can go, having built those relationships online, Andre, it's easier to go now to Limerick and go away in Dublin and connect with people in a physical way. Yes, that's a blessing. When the evil want to destroy, God's hands is always on and will let us uh, thrive, even, even if everything the evil want to put down God's work. There's always a way for God's people. Amen. And I was like shocked because I thought uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland is a Christian country and there are only 3% Christians. Yeah, so the Republic of Ireland is, is historically a, a Catholic country. Um, okay. but, but significantly, and again, this is where people, you know, we need educated on what's happening around the world. Culture is changing. Postmodernism has created a, tremendous change around the world and, and creates opportunities and challenges but it, so a little statistic for your, your listeners Andre 1985 86 92% of Catholics in Ireland attended mass regularly 92% the figures today are about 12% and in urban areas um, about 6% so if you crunch those numbers in your calculator in the last 30 years, there is about four and a half to five million Catholics who are done with church. They've checked out. But we are seeing time and time again, they're not jump, done with Jesus. Um, and a lot of the mainstream Protestant denominations are the same. I mean, the Church of Ireland numbers, I think the last one I had is 350 something thousand members, but only about 51,000 actually attend. So, so we have a huge decline in uh, church attendance, but I, I believe this creates great possibility for us to uh, revisit what the ecclesia must be. Um, and I, I believe like home groups and small is the new big, small is the new big, just to create small communities where we keep the main thing, the main thing is, is the way we're going we're gonna to grow out of this. 
thank you for what you do. Thank you for your ministry that is needed in that part of the world and how God has positioned you, especially there, Mitch. And that ministry, Crown Jesus, is reaching a lot of people there. Despite I hear in Europe everywhere the churches are dying, but God's word never dies. Amen. So thank you so much for the Dardashat, for the interview, for the open show. And thank you so much for your time and with being with us and sharing about what you do and share with us this information. And we will connect with you soon. And God Amen. bless your heart. Thank you. Lovely to see you again. And uh, keep praying for Ireland. Keep praying for us. Thank you. Amen. Will do. God bless. Bye-bye.